Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Or fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, score! Hello Bruins fans and welcome back for episode 19 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Norman Levier edition. There are three ways you can support the show. We're available on Apple iTunes, the SoundCloud.com website, and on the Hockey Writers website and the new podcast channel at thehockeywriters.com. I'm your host, Mark Allred, and joining me is my co-host of the show, Rob Tomlin. Rob, what's up, buddy? Uh, I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. Good. Um... I just uh, starting my my week of vacation. Oh, that's the best thing ever! Yeah, I'm pumped, and I and I planned it uh, for uh, the Bruins development camp coming up from Tuesday to Friday this week, and I'm going to be there for all four days, so I'm really excited for that. Luckiest man in the world! <laughs> You've got to get some cash and get over here for this stuff. Yeah, I do. I'd love really to do. love to have you in Chicago next year for the draft. Oh, that'd just be crazy. I know Chicago, me, you drinking. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, this, I mean, there's there's really not a lot of news to talk about, but uh, I, we, we're gonna keep, try to keep going on a weekly basis to keep everybody informed on what what's going on. But uh, we're just gonna dive right in. Uh, first and foremost, the uh, Chris Kelly has been officially signed by the Ottawa Senators for one season. And yeah. I don't know the terms because I'm a little lazy this morning. Do you have any info on that? Other than the fact that I called this. Yeah, last you did. Week, yeah, you did. And I said there's two teams that will sign him. It's either Ottawa or Toronto, and Ottawa signed him. And I, I wrote and that knew down. It was coming. I wrote I knew that it down. Was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my thing. I got absolutely killed, 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 killed on social media about what <laughs> I said about this. And I, I want to clear the air because I am not, I do not hate Chris Kelly as a player. I, I, I it's, that whole thing was blown out of proportion. What I said was, thank you for your contributions to the Boston Bruins and basically go on get. I mean, that's not, I'm not saying I hate him. What I said was, or what I actually meant was, it's time to move on from his cap hit and start utilizing it in other areas of the organization. There was not no. Not only his cap hit is roster spot. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean. He's he's an aging veteran. Yeah. I mean, he does have some good attributes and and he plays a certain role. I understand that. And and I'm sure he's going to do a fantastic job in his return to Ottawa. But you know, a lot of people got on me saying that I was insensitive and this and that. I just 
it's time to move on. I mean, the, the, it seems like the Bruins organization is finally taking the grip to, you know, rolling with a younger roster. Well, they've got guys that need to come up now. And to be honest, I think the viewing roster spots has been more kind of important than salary cap because you get rid of a guy like Kelly who now is making 950k over in Ottawa, but that 950k is basically Frank Vitrano is getting paid less than that so that's a guy that fits that hole so no one's seen him play since he busted his leg he hasn't played a single NHL game since then so I'd just be scared to take him on for another year even at that cap hit because you've got guys that you want to give ice time to so I'm, I'm glad he's gone I will miss him but it He's not the same player that he once was. So he got into eleven games, was it last year? Yeah, and then and then that, the uh, broken fibula, I believe. Yeah, off what seemed like yeah, I know much contact. I know it was it was very weird. Um, yeah, sorry about the sirens. No problem. I've been attacked. No, that's that's probably the cops coming after me for ripping Kelly that I didn't do, you know, which I didn't yeah, do, but whatever. Probably it's what. It's hard to put things across on social media because there's no tone of voice or anything like that. So when people people see you put something, it goes one of two ways. They either agree with you or a lot of the times they'll disagree with you and tell you they disagree. So I think when you're reading something, especially if you follow me on Twitter, you, you better be like ready to kind of analyze what I'm trying to say because a lot of people get annoyed with what I say. So, <laughs> uh, Well, at least I have company. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, the other news uh, was um, Landon Ferraro signing, uh, was it a one-year deal or two-year? Uh, I'm not 100% sure because this has only just happened today, I think. So uh, he signed with St. Louis. So that's but, kind of... that. I know it's uh, I know it's a two-way deal, I think, because someone had put up on Twitter a two-way deal. Didn't say anything about the uh, salary, but it must be a low cap it if it's a two-way deal. Yeah, and uh, that's a good pickup for St. Louis, you know? it's uh, And like, another guy we could have put in Providence. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, mean, that's, I remember going back to uh, one of our first podcasts that w- when you came aboard... Uh, you were mentioning, you know, the, uh, Chris Conley, you know, uh, him being an RFA and the option to go on a two-way deal and bring, you know, send him down as as a, you know, a little inspiration, you know, work hard, get you, and we'll bring you back up. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and, that's and, what Washington have done. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I've been reading a lot of, uh, a couple of articles, not a lot, sorry, but... Uh, the the Capitals really are high on this guy. They believe that he's got the skills. It's it's just how do you hone those skills? Yeah, but if you read into what they said as well, they know he's not a top six forward, and they don't expect that from him. But the way the Bruins' right side is, we've got Pasternak on the second line. He's a young kid. He's expected to play top six minutes. He's younger than some of the guys that we got in Providence, yet he's he's got this role and we expect him to perform. And if he doesn't, the problem with a guy like Pasternak is he's a fan favourite, so you can't really dog him or else everyone's going to come after you. Even if he has a terrible game and someone else has a good game and the guy who's had a good game still gets dogged, you can't talk about Pasternak because it's... It's just one of them things with the Bruins. If someone likes, if a lot of the fans like someone, and you say anything bad about them, that's it. But right, right. It, it's a hard, it's a hard town for kids because there's so much expectation put on anyone under the age of 25 that comes in, and they wanted to play a role above what they've ever played before. Yeah, the um, uh, this the urgency of fans to see the newer talent coming through the development yeah. system is, is is very it's very strong, but you know it's it's how you fit them in and how they're going to play at that ultimate level. Yeah, and we're we're seeing it again with the talks of like Truba and guys like that who 
they they want to come and be a dominant top two pair in defenseman straight away and it's just I think people get their hopes up too high when new players come in and they expect them to do great things look at uh, Jimmy Hayes this season yeah. I, I remember reading articles saying oh he's a big bodied power forward who's going to go into the boards nope never was in Florida yeah. won't be here right like that that's not the type of guy he is. Just because he's got a big body doesn't mean he has to throw it around. Yeah, he, he's he's got good hands. We've seen that from him. He goes to the right areas. His finishing is was terrible. Uh, he just couldn't put the puck in. But these are guys that you've just got to keep around, get him used to the system. And if the system's changing every year like it is at the moment, I'm not surprised people aren't like players aren't getting it down for the first like 20 games because it's hard to change systems it's hard to come from another team who play a completely different style of hockey and then be expected to walk straight in and do do the thing that they're paid to so i'd just just be patient with every player that ever comes to the bruins from now on so do you um do you think do you think hazel turning around this year is this is this his year to be like I have to do something or the Bruins will ultimately move me or, tr- or try to move him? See, to me, I've been saying all year, he, he actually put up good numbers. Like, for for what he was, for, for a, like, third-line winger, he put up good numbers. But it was another season of he was the the Riley Smith of this season. He was up and down the roster all the time. He never, it, uh, not until the second half of the season, did he lock into a role on the third line. Right. He was, he was all over the place. Every time a winger got injured up top, in the top two lines, he was filling in for them. So, we saw him on the fourth line, the third line, the second line, the first line. So, he's one of them guys. I think he'll come in this season. They'll probably put him. I'm guessing he's going to fit on, on the third line because I don't see them dropping Pasternak. So, uh, with the way things are now, I think you'll see him on a third line with, like, Ryan Spooner and some prospect, probably Frank Vetrano. And I think he'll do well, because if you leave him on that line and he gets consistent line mates and he knows where the passes are coming from and he knows what his line has to do on the ice, he'll actually put up good numbers again. Yeah. And to to say that it, there was that inconsistency, look back at his numbers, they weren't that bad. Right. So I think Hayes is one of them guys it was frustrating to watch because we were told he was going to be something else and he wasn't. And then because one person's heard something and then they spread it around and then everyone thinks that Jimmy Hayes is the next power forward like Milan Lucic, it... It's just not happening. So expect him to be more of the same next season, except I think his finishing will be a lot better because I'm sure that's what he's working on on the off-season. That well, and his skating. And, and I don't want to you know, cover for the guy, but, I mean, it's, it's really hard. When you are a floater up and down the lineup, either top six or bottom six, it's hard to create any chemistry. Because you're not playing with the guys all the time. You're pretty much moving on a game basis. And if you're playing with Bergeron on the right side, don't expect to pass. Yeah. Because it's, it's not coming. Right. You, Anyone who plays on... This is why I, I love Bacchus being here if he's on that right side because he's going to go to the net and that's what's expected of the right winger for Bergeron because with him being right-handed, he always passes to the left. So he always passes to Marchand. And you see that a lot. That's why them two link up so well, because Bergeron's looking for him because he's on his left side. So the pass is easier for him to make than him to turn and face the right-hand boards and make a pass. So with a guy like Bacchus who does go to the net, does go to screen the goal, he does go to the dirty areas, I think that'll be a lot better guy to fit in on that line than, say, putting Jimmy Hayes there and expecting him to put up great numbers because... It's not going to happen. So, um, in, in the beginning of the, uh, we'll get back to that. But in the beginning yeah. of the podcast, I, I'm just kind of nervous because we're 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 doing something new here on the show. 
Um, but I'd like to mention that uh, the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is now uh, in a partnership with thehockeywriters.com, and we're going to be uh, on their uh, podcast channel. So from now on, I'm going to be doing a plug for the Hockey Writers and the uh, Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. So here's the first one. So you're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel available at thehockeywriters.com. And please go over and check out all the uh, great content that all the writers have at the Hockey Writers. Uh, and if you're going over there, expect to binge read on, <laughs> on every prospect around the NHL and you'll find guys you never heard of that you'll want the Bruins to trade for because right. I, I've been going to the hockey writers ever since you signed with them and started writing for them. And uh, I, I've got to say it's very professionally done. Oh, absolutely. Really absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great team. Um, I've, I, I've been uh, blogging for six years and this is like the top level uh, for me and the support um, the editors, uh, it's fantastic, and I'm I'm very happy to be a part of it. And if you're expecting trade rumors, don't be because yeah, I, we, I haven't seen a single one on yeah, that. So that's a good thing. Yeah, our editor in chief is really uh, he's not like strict, but he really doesn't want to be that site. He doesn't want to yeah. be um, like the hockey press. I can't, you know. So yeah, you it's get just crap. You, you get a bad rep for for just spurting out old rumors and i think if you go into the hockey writers just look at look at the Bruins section look at all the great articles and you'll realize that we have some really good depth in the pipeline and there's a lot of guys in juniors and a lot of guys at college level that will be coming through that you've probably never even heard the Bruins have so Absolutely. I, yeah, I, I'd suggest anyone to go over there and just have a binge read for a few hours. <laughs> nice. So, uh, getting back to the show, um, uh, do you do you still have a feeling that the Bruins are bouncing off of the Truba interest? Mm, I think when Sweeney mentioned, no, I will never sign a offer sheet uh, I think that was kind of covering his own back because there is every possibility that they do do it I hope they don't because four first round picks for a, oh. for a guy is just too much to pay way I don't, too much I, I don't care what any fan says saying oh we, we've got kids we can deal with not having first round picks what if you sign Truba to to this deal you lose your first uh, your, your four first round picks and then one of them becomes the first overall like are you going to be annoyed then oh because yeah I, I know if we if we drop next year and do worse and we we're in a better position in the lottery if we, it, look at the guys that jumped up this year winnipeg jumped up from was it ninth uh yeah i believe so yeah so there's there's every possibility of winning this lottery and I just think giving up them four first-round picks when... I, I understand it if you're a top team like Chicago where you, you're not missing the playoffs for the next four years. So it's understandable to do. But I, as a middle-of-the-pack team at the moment for the last couple of years, giving up four first-rounders is just stupid, I think. Because uh, you could package two of them together and easily get Cam Fowler or Hampus Lindholm I think so I don't get why you, I really don't get why you'd spend four first round picks I and I, I you know as a Bruins fan I really don't like to you know plug anybody else but I really have to hand it to uh general manager of the Jets uh Kevin Sheveldayoff uh that guy has put together a pretty decent team a young core yeah you know, and I mean, a, a core that could actually make some noise in a year or two. But they're also facing cap jail because yeah. they've just re-signed two guys to long-term deals. So it, it it's all good being there, but you have to make sure you have the right core of players to be there. And I think the fact that they missed out on the playoffs so badly last year 
the better hope that things turn around quick. Because if it doesn't, I can see a fire, fire sale going on there with what well, there's there's probably three guys on seven six year deals so it's just it's hard work but i think he's done he's done a really good job because you got a lot of guys under 30 making up the core of the team you got rid of a couple of bad contracts they've got every right to be contenders next season and when you look at the bruins we don't <laughs> So. I mean, the goaltending for them is the only issue, I believe. I mean, I, I'm not sure. Uh, Oleg Pavlak, I don't know what he, what his deal is. I'm not uh, sure if Michael Hutchinson can be that guy to, like, grab the role. Um, uh, Connor Hellebuck, he's another good prospect that's, you know, possibly pro- ready. Yeah, a prospect, though. Yeah. I'd, I'd see everyone. Not everybody's going to be the Matt Murray. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And... Any, oh, I saw a couple of things the other day saying, why can't we have a guy like Matt Murray? Um, does anyone remember the Hamburglar from last season? Hmm. And did anyone see him do that this season? No. No. So, until you see Matt Murray win another cup next year, don't be saying he's the greatest goaltender ever alive because consistency is the key to everything. Right. If if you think that Matt Murray is the greatest goaltender alive, you've only been a fan for about three years. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't think anybody so, that's got twenty years invested into a sport is going to say that. Yeah, but unless you're drunk. Exactly. <laughs> but you always you always get them fans, and I understand why people get annoyed when Rask had a subpar year. He wasn't great, but at the same time, neither was the defense in front of him, and. If you know anything about hockey, then you know there's three lines of defense before the puck goes in the net. So you've got your fall. It's got to get past your forwards and past your defenders before the goaltender even makes a save. So you can't always blame the goaltender, but at the same time, sometimes Rask was to blame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. I'm, I'm, you know, I, you're you're a fan of his. I'm a fan of his. I've always I've always been, and I preach that every. It seems like every podcast. But the fact is, he did have a bad year, and it happens. So, um, you know, it, there's nobody in the pipeline that's going to come right in right now. Uh, we're sorry, we had a little technical difficulties, so we're going to move on from what we were talking about. But uh, uh, the next subject we're going to talk about is... Um, uh, is it real important? I, I, to me, it's very important to get that defenseman um, now. But is it so important that you're biding your time on uh, re-signing Brad Marchand to a long-term contract? What are your thoughts? Uh, to me, it's not that big a deal if we have, say, $4 million in cap space. Because I think... Marshan's probably only going to want probably like a million more per season. Well, so I'm on I'm on generalfanager.com right now and the per, the cap space is 8.5 million and Brad makes 4.5. Yeah, so to me if if you look at deals that are going on around the league for guys who are like long-term players for a team Guys like Stamkos signed for a, for a lower cap hit than he would have if he'd have gone elsewhere. So, if you look at it, he's probably going to get a million more for the fact that he was, what did he score last season, 37 goals? Ah, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I think because he had a good season last year, you've also got to look at what he does until he signs. So, they're probably going to sign him somewhere ha- halfway through the season. So, you got to look at what he does in this first half compared to what he did in the first half of last season to see if his numbers are staying consistent. And if they are, I think you're looking at probably a million more, and I think you'll see him sign to a long-term deal. And by long-term deal, I mean probably seven years. My my concern with, with uh, the signing of Marshan and long-term is, you know... I really do not want to see them walk into 
his situation like they dealt with the Erickson situation. You know, I mean, they really went on the 11th hour of negotiations and, you know, nothing, whether Erickson was resigned or not, it's, it's, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. I mean, it sucks that you didn't get anything in return, but I, I just don't want to see that come down to, you know, you waited this long and now a player of his capability and I want to see, you know, he's, he's kind of a, one of the leaders on the team walk away. I don't think you're ever going to see Brad Marshall walk away from the Bruins. I don't think he's ever going to want to leave. I think if he does sign a seven-year deal, like I said, it'll be a no-move clause for pretty much the entire deal. Uh, he's a guy that they need in this team. He's kept. He's been the glue for this team. And the fact that he plays so well with Berger, uh, Bergeron, sorry, uh, He's gonna need that long-term lockup and know that he's gonna be a big part of this team. And I was even saying the other day that I can see him wearing the A as well. Right. A lot of a lot of people are saying that you're probably looking at a guy like Backers to take the A off Krejci. But if anyone's gonna take the A off Krejci, I think it's Marshan for the stuff that he's said in the past. The fact that he's turned around and said that we've had passengers on this team that are trying to get a Stanley Cup without doing the work. I think that's the kind of guy you need to root out those type of players. Right. So I, I'm hoping around the middle of the season we'll see an article and it'll say seven years, 5.5. That's actually not a bad deal. You know, it, it's a little more than what he's making now, a little increase. Well, five point um, five for for a guy who scored thirty seven goals last year. Yeah, I mean that's an average, you know. I mean, Erickson scored thirty last year, and you know his that, that to me that's an average for an NHL player of his stature. Yeah, for a a guy who's playing top line minutes. Yeah. Um, I know he struggled in the past to hit that thirty mark, but. It, it, you saw his face as soon as he he scored that thirtieth goal, that was it. Like <laughs> he tried everything. He was dangling round players that he'd never try that against. If he was like at twenty nine goals, the 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 two games between his twenty ninth and his thirtieth, I'm pretty sure it was two games, three games, something like that. You saw how hesitant hesitant he was with the puck. Like, he wasn't shooting like he did. He was trying to find that sure goal to hit the 30 mark. And when he hit it, that was it. He was unleashed. And he looked like a completely different player. So, are you hinting around that there was possibly incentive bonuses? No. Okay. I think it's just he's been so stressed the last few seasons because he's been so close to the 30 mark. Okay, I understand what you're saying. And I... Like I, someone said in the past, it seems like he's cursed because every time he's got like twenty eight, twenty nine, something like that, he's he's hit the post so many times when he's been at like close to the thirty, and he's had some games where he he missed an empty net on one a couple of seasons ago, and I think he was at twenty eight at that, and it was one of the last games of the year, and uh, you could see his face afterwards, and he wasn't happy with himself. <laughs> So the the fact that the fact that he got to there and then just absolutely crushed it and got to thirty seven, which is insane. Can you imagine if he hit the forty, what he'd be asking for? Oh, jeez, eight million. <laughs> no, I don't think he will. He, he's a Bruin, isn't he? He like he's a proper Bruin. He loves the team. He loves the guy, like the core of the team as well. He gets on with all the guys. I I think we'll see him sign for like an. Like I said, a million more. A nice, friendly number that lets us sign some of our kids. Because if you think about it, uh, you've got Pasternak needs re-signing next year. Uh, Ryan Spooner needs re-signing next year. Uh, Who else? Achari, Randall. Oh, yeah. Um, Well, if Achari Achari needs re-signing, does that mean Vetrano needs re-signing as well? Uh, no, because it came in at the same time, didn't they? No, for Toronto, still got two more full seasons. 
right. Spooner and Pasternak have one. F- well, and... uh, yeah. It's going to be a, a dicey time at uh, trade deadline. Right. Because uh, I've been saying for a long time, I could... I can see them moving Spooner. I can, like, he's not that huge fan favourite that you can't move, otherwise you're fired. And we've got guys who can fill in on his role. So that's that's going to be a nervous time for me when it gets to trade deadline because if you think about it, David Krejci's getting older, Bergeron's getting older, and I don't think we have that guy who's going to fit in on either of the top two lines if one of them guys leaves. So, Good point. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel available at thehockeywriters.com. Um, going back to uh, Marshan, uh, you know, I, I don't see him leaving either just for the fact is that he, I mean, Nova Scotia is really not that far away from, from uh, Boston and and obviously that's where he lives, but I, I think he's got deep roots here, you know? I mean, he, he plays that type of style that I, the Bruins organization seems to really um, to grasp and they want to hang on to for, you know, future years. Yeah, and they've just brought a hometown, a hometown friend of his into the Bruins organization. I'm missing this. Who is it? Uh, Alex Grant the defenseman who signed a two-way deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Nova Scotia boy. Yeah, he's our saviour for the defence, right? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, if you listen to some fans. <laughs> I no, saw I saw that too. Yeah, he is... He's going to be probably the top pairing right-handed defenseman in Providence next season. Probably and, paired up with Tommy Cross. Mm, uh, him or Morrow. Yeah. I, I could see Morrow being down there to start the year. So. Well, he's, he needs to be re-signed. He's an RFA now. Yeah. And so is Colin Miller. Colin Miller needs a contract. Yep. And, I mean, they're both... So 20... they, they've both been... Uh, what's it called? They've both been offered, so they can't... They can't sign with anyone else till August 15th. Right. So... There's time to sign them guys, and I think they, both of them will get signed. The, my only iffy moment with that is Colin Miller wasn't treated very well last season in the way that he was brought down and then like kind of just left there. Right. So I don't. I I think he will resign because Bruins are the only team that are going to give him NHL time. Unless LA swoop in and take him, but no, I both of them guys will get re-signed. Morrow's going to re-sign because he's too good a defensive prospect to just give away, and I think there'll be a lot of teams that will look to sign him if he does go away. And then the same goes for Colin Miller. We don't have enough right-handed shot defensemen to be just giving him away for nothing. So, but the. The thing with them two is you don't know what the contracts are going to be. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if it comes out that they lock up Miller, uh, not Miller, Morrow, to like a four-year deal and pay him NHL time? Because I think that might be the uh, final days for some of the Bruins fans. Oh, like they did with Kevin Miller? Well, yeah. (laughs) Jeez. It is crazy, but... Like I said, patience, patience, people. Don't worry about it. It's a, it's a five-year plan. Yeah. It's going to be fine. I hope it's shorter than that, but I am kind of on board with the, with, with what your, your analogy says. Um, you yeah. Know. And the thing is, as I've been saying, with you know, we, ho- we had that whole argument about uh, is it Trent Frederick. Yep. Yeah, Trent Frederick. We had that whole argument about why would he, why would anyone pick him in the first round? If you look at the way they've drafted, they're starting to fill them roster spots. And I think the next couple of years of drafting are going to be fun times because that's when we're going to start and start seeing 
than picking the best player possible in that position. So you might start to see, you know how we didn't get Kyle Connor the other year? Yep. Well, I think you'll start getting your Kyle Connors in the next couple of seasons when they start picking the best available guy and stop picking roster spot guys. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, there, I mean, there is a, a method to Sweeney and uh, scouting staff madness to, you know, yeah. I mean, would you call moves like this a, a small rebuild? Yeah, I'd, I'd call it more like, like you said, a retool. Yeah. Like yeah. doing it on the fly because we still have them guys that can keep us competitive until these guys come in. But, we're not going to be absolutely killing it like in the league unless things happen like last year where Montreal just bomb out and teams that you expect to make the playoffs just can't get it together. Right. I think they're the only years that will be really competitive, but you never know what's going to happen. Like You never know who's going to fall into the Bruins' lap. Jimmy Vasey could come here and be the savior of all of us and score 90 goals in his first season. So, <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. Very Gretzky-esque. We, oh, yeah. <laughs> we could we could see anything happen. But uh, another thing is, uh, I was saying about that Alex Grant. Uh, Alex Grant. Uh, I can't remember his name now, but Grant, the defenseman. Yeah, it's Alex. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, did you see the funny stat about his NHL call-up. No, I didn't. In his first game that he got called up, he scored a goal on his first ever shot in the NHL. Uh... The The next game, while taking his second ever shot in the NHL, scored another goal. Oh, man. So... So his course, he must be going through the roof. Oh, yeah, but Bruins fans, please don't read into that. He's not, he's not the next Bobby Orr. Don't do it. it no, he, he's a good defenseman. He's a good leader in the AHL, which is another thing that I could see happening down there where they move the leadership around a bit. Because uh, who was wearing the C last season for Providence? Was it Tommy Cross? Tommy Cross, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you could start to see them giving some of the younger guys some some like give two of the younger guys an A give give someone like Achari if he goes down the A make him that leader on the bottom six when he comes back up because we had, we had that with Thornton and he was one of the best guys to have on the fourth line because he was sat on the bench the entire game screaming at everyone to get stuff done Make make Achari that guy, just making that leader in the bottom six. But again, that's another thing that you might not see happen because we're very set in our ways. Of we seem to give the older guys a lot of credit for stuff that they can't do. So, hey, how how are we looking for time right now? Since our um, our uh, interruption on the, uh, the so issue. we are seventeen minutes from the interruption okay so we're we're about 45 minutes into this all right um before we get to our last promo i uh we got to dive into the 2016 development camp that's being held at the rejuice arena in wilmington mass this is the 10th annual bruins development camp and like i said at the beginning of the show i will be there for all four days uh doing player evaluations on my own, my personal player evaluations for, obviously, future articles in the hockeywriters.com. And, yeah, I'm, I'm psyched. But um, I just wanted to go through the list real quick of uh, the forwards, defensemen, and goaltenders that were invited. Yeah. Uh, Zach's, uh, I'm just going to go with the people that were invited, but I'm not going to be able to attend. Uh, unfortunately, one person I was re- one player I was really really excited to see was uh, Zach Zach Senishin. Yeah, he is not expected to attend because he has mono. Yeah, that sucks. And the other one that I was really looking forward to was uh, Jakob Forsbaka Carlson. He yeah. w- is traveling with family and has school. Um, things yeah. that he has to get caught up on and has been 
um, granted permission to uh, not attend. But a guy that you can just go down and watch. Yeah, be. yeah, I go, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm hooking up with uh, my my friend Corey. We're gonna go and watch a couple games this year, and watch him and uh, Charlie McAvoy. <coughs> but uh, the the forwards that are attending uh, are Jack Becker, Anders Bjork, Jake DeBrusque, Ryan Donato, Ryan Fitzgerald, Trent Frederick, Jesse Gabriel. Danton Heinen, Cameron Hughes, Yuna Kopanen. Did I say that right? Yeah. Ah, I like it. Uh, Sean Curley, Mark uh, Neclero. I hope I, I hacked that one. And uh, Oscar Steen. The defensemen are Brandon Carlo, Cameron Clark, uh, Matt Grizzlick, Emil Johansson. Jeremy Lawson, Ryan Lindgren, Charlie McAvoy, Willie Sherman, and Jakob Sporl. I really hacked that Emil Johansson, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, 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 did you do the goaltenders? Not yet. No? Uh, the uh. goaltenders are Stephen Dillon, Zane McIntyre, Malcolm Subban has been invited, even though he's not, you know, I think it's because of the fact that he has to get uh, some more um, action from his injury. Yeah. And uh, Daniel Vadar will be there, so I'm excited to see Daniel and his progression. And there's a guy in that camp that the camp should be named after. Oh, Zane Zane McIntyre? Yeah. Guy's been there for like 20 years already. Uh, this is seventh. Yeah, it's seventh camp. Seems like twenty. So that that is a crazy number. Well, he was a, drafted. Uh, I think he was drafted in. What was it? Two thousand ten. Yeah. Uh, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Yeah. Like so, so he's the he's the veteran of the uh, development camp. Should be yeah. good to see him because he needs to. He needs to show. Yeah, he needs to up his game this season, I think. Yeah. This is his... Well, seeing it's his second pro season, I think with a goaltender, your first season is just about learning. And then your second season is where you got to perform. So, I think with him and Subban, you, you've got to see a good tandem there. And I think you've got to see Subban take more games than McIntyre and prove that he's ready for NHL time. Yeah, uh, I, I've been following the Providence Bruins religiously for and watching them for about five years now, and I I try I, I definitely watch every game, and it seems that the um, the way the tandem's been working, it's been a seventy-eight game schedule in the American Hockey League has been split, you know, thirty, thirty-five, thirty-six yeah. games. So um, there's there's really no favorites. Those guys, they'll you know. They'll split the time to get the equal playing time, but they I, need to they need to go into next season and make Subban the established starter in Providence and tell Zane McIntyre you're gonna get twenty, thirty games tops. Yep. But you're gonna get extra time with with coaches and everything to progress, but you're gonna see less ice time. Because Subban needs to get ready. Whether it's for trade or whether it's for actually playing in the NHL, he needs to be ready. Because right now we're going to get nothing for him. The, these people that are saying package him in a deal, it's, he's not worth it. He, he, what's he shown that he's an established AHL starter? No team's going to want that. And so I, I have a hard time thinking about this. And, and, and I know you kind of steered me in the right direction as you often do on the on the old social media but with the signing of Anton Hudobin um Subban only has where is he he only has one year remaining yeah this year this next this next season and then he's gonna be an RFA after Mm -hmm. so 
yeah, the I understand the Bruins have the opportunity to negotiate with him under the RFA status, but yep. if he's offered a, an AHL contract, do you honestly think that he'll he'll take it? He won't be. So next next season, he's getting an NHL backup contract, and he'll get be getting probably nine hundred fifty thousand to a million. Probably on a one-year deal again, yeah. As as that kind of bridge deal, see see how you do. We'll offer you more if you do better. We'll offer you the same if you're kind of at that progression level. But the thing the thing that scares me now is that his brother's just gone to Nashville. Nashville have an aging goaltender. They don't have really anyone in the system who is even labelled as a future starter. Can you imagine if he goes to RFA and Nashville offer sheets him? <laughs> because they're not going to have to offer sheet him much for the Bruins to say no. Right. right. Like, because, say they give him three million. Like, what's that, a couple of picks? Yeah. N- not even much, but can the Bruins really take that like, risk and match it? And give him three million and take all that money away for a guy who for a team that needs to sign Pasternak, Spooner, guys like that. Yeah. Where we need the cap space. So it is a scary situation. And I'm not sure a hundred percent if they can even deal with him through the this season. I don't know if they can offer him a contract through the year. Yeah. So it, From... it's it's one of them you've got to He's got to put up numbers this year. He's got to, he's got to put up a good save percentage, a good goals against. He's got to prove that he's ready for the NHL. Rebound from this whole injury and everything, and just prove that he needs to be in the NHL. Because you can guarantee either Rask or Hudobin get injured this season. It always happens every year, even if it's just for a game or two. He's gonna get brought up. They're not going to bring up McIntyre. No. They're not going to. They've got no one else to bring up. You you can't bring Vladar up from ECHL or wherever he goes to play. So, I think you'll see him a couple of games this season. And depending on what happens there, expect him to either be traded at the trade deadline or signed to an NHL contract. I hope so, that's true. I hope that's yeah. true. I mean. I, I, I've watched the kid, and I wasn't very impressed his first year, his second year. Last year, uh, injuries plagued him. <clears throat> but before before he got the shot to the neck, uh, the larynx uh, injury, I, I saw him play a very impressive game that I've not seen since his you know, I, I hate to bring back his Ontario Hockey League days, but his Belleville Bulls days, you know, yeah. he was pretty impressive, which which got him to be the, the highest-ranked uh, prospect goaltender uh, that particular year. Uh, but I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see him being here for much longer. I think he's going to be a trade chip sooner or later. The thing is, like, if you look at any any goaltending website that talks about NHL goaltenders or AHL goaltenders, they all say the same thing about Subban. That he's a very agile goalie. He make he makes more desperation saves than positional saves. He's very he he likes to slide more than he does step, if that makes sense. Yep. I don't know whether it will to someone who's not a goaltender, but uh, he like he likes to use his pads a lot more than his skates, if that makes more sense. Uh, his positioning isn't great. Like you'll see him be closer to one pulse than the other when the shot's coming from the center, and a lot of the times you'll see him try and make that flashy glove save where he throws his glove up to the top corner instead of just holding his glove there. See, my, so, my my issue with him and, and my personal evaluation is he's a very aggressive style goaltender that comes out he cuts down the angle really well but he he's and he makes those saves but 
when the shot's taken, he makes the save. He's not in a great position for a rebound. Yeah. That's that's the one that kills him. Yeah, and he's not that big either. No, so he's, he's not. not a, he's, he's not a guy that can cover up the pulse like Ben Bishop can when he's being aggressive. He's not a guy that can stick his leg out and reach center ice from his own net like Ben Bishop can. Right. He, he, he just needs to be more consistent like he did last year where he was a lot more of a, a positional goalie than, say, a butterfly goalie. He, he was a lot more... He stayed stood up till the shot came. When the shot came, he had good rebound control. He put pucks to corners instead of out in front. Uh, he knew when to hold the puck and when to move the puck, which was good. I saw a lot of times... You, you, you didn't used to see him go behind the net a lot, like to pick the, pick the puck out and move the puck up, whereas... He's started to do that a bit more. Mm -hmm. So I think he's starting to learn more about how to be an NHL goalie. But he still needs to jump back from this injury because this injury was just kind of, it could have been career ending. So he needs to come back from it and prove that he's better. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So I think we're about an hour, right? Yeah. All right, well, here's my last promo. Uh, you've been listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel available at thehockeywriters.com. And um, I, we're going to be back next week uh, to talk about the uh, development camp that I attended and, um, you know, what I thought from a personal aspect. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much, Rob. And thank you, everybody, that's uh, been listening, supporting. And, um, again, please uh, go over to the Hockey Writers and follow uh, all the uh, good content that they have over there. Yeah. Keep listening, guys. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Rob. Take care, bud. All right. Cheers, buddy. for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.